I fought the law and the... Oh, see, you just showed your age. Or you, you know, just know music, right? I fought the law and the... Yeah, that wasn't very enthusiastic. I fought the law and the... There we go, much better, much better. Very good, glad to have you back. I think that's the theme in some ways for the next three Sundays. We've been talking about the law, but we're going to dig deep in it here this Sunday and the next two Sundays. And so it's, the law is a harsh topic in some ways, because as the first scripture said, like the word of God is like a double-edged sword, very sharp. It, it cleaves us to the bone. It, it reveals things about us. It shows us the, the parts often shows us the parts of us that we don't like very much. So we're going to dig into that a little bit over the next three Sundays. But, but where have we been? If you, if you weren't here much, you know, last fall and whatever, or even if you were, because I'll, I'll just tell you, since COVID time, it's been COVID time. Like, my brain and remembering things and week to week, like, what is that? Maybe day to day, maybe minute to minute. So, so I understand if you don't remember what we were doing. We, we've been working through a catechism, and a catechism is a way of teaching. In the Christian church, how it has been done is that there are questions and answers in a catechism. And the one that we use the most is the Westminster Catechism, which comes from the Westminster Confession. But this, this is not necessarily endorsed by the Presbyterian Church USA, our denomination, but I think it's a really good catechism. It's really solid, very well researched and done, the New City Catechism. And so that's, we've been working through that. We're on question 13, if you're following along. There is a free app in the New City Catechism, if you want to go into that, that has a devotional along with it, some readings, and that's where I, where I start when I, when I begin to work up these messages. But where have we been At the beginning of this particular catechism, it begins talking about a three-letter word, very importante. What is it? God. Yes, God. Three-letter word, very important. About God and who who God is, who we believe God is, that God is the creator, the sustainer, and that God is the creator and the sustainer of what was and what is and what will be. And that God is also the Trinity, a Trinity, or as sometimes we like to say, a tri-unity. Kind of a fun play on words. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so, the Creator, the Redeemer, the Sustainer. Not that we separate those functions, but that was, a, that was another sermon. We won't go back into all that, because that'll take three or four weeks. And that we, that God in God's love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, created and created us created humanity to love, enjoy, glorify, and obey God. The first question of the Westminster Catechism is what? What is the chief end of man or humanity? And what's the answer? Very good. To glorify God and enjoy God forever. As I've often talked about, people don't often think about the enjoy part. So, to glorify God and enjoy God forever. We would expand upon that and say to love, enjoy, glorify, and obey God. To be in relationship with God and to be in relationship with God's people. That is what we're, that is what we were made for. Right? To love God, 
with our whole heart and mind and soul and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Yes, yes. And how are we to do that? I think that's the next sort of question. Like, how, what's the how there? And, and so this is where, in a sense, the law comes in. Because oftentimes we think of the law, especially you know, today even, like, like you're, you're cruising along, you know, you're five miles over the speed limit. <clears throat> Some of you are doing more than that. And you see that, you know, those lights come up behind you and you're like, ugh. And then you realize it's for somebody else and you're like, yes. <laughs> right? Right? I fought the law and the law won. Yeah, exactly. So, and I won in that case. But we, you know, we, we sort of see it as this punitive thing that we have to, that we have to obey, that we have to agree to, you know, it's like, oh, why do we have to, why, why do we have to do this? Like, why is this thing here? And anyway, that's a, a different sort of, we could talk about laws in our community, but, but the law really is given by God in the Old Testament, the law, the original law, Ten Commandments, given by God to Moses for the community that's already being formed. It is a gift to the community to help show them the way, how, how to be the community of God. And so it is, even though it's you shall not, basically you shall not, you shall not, it is the way, it's showing the way the community is to be. It wasn't, it wasn't saying, it wasn't saying this, do this and you're my community. It's you're my community. I, this is how we're going to get, this is how we're going to do it. So I, I so I want to ask you, if anybody's willing to share, I'll raise your hand and I'll call on you if you're willing to share. What was the commandment that came to mind for you first? Just super interested in this question. Yes? Murder. murder. Do not murder. Okay? Same. Interesting. Yes. Yes. Same. Wow. Same. Bunch of, bunch of people inclined to not good things here. Honor your mother and father. Okay? You were just with your children and grandchildren, weren't you? Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. Uh, others, uh, anybody else willing to share what your, what, your first, what your first one was that wasn't, weren't those two? What's that? Don't steal. Do not steal. Okay? All right. Just interesting, isn't it? I think it's interesting that so many, and maybe it's because murder is, it seems so reprehensible to us, and it's easy to remember. Right? Easy to remember. Right? It, that comes, comes to mind pretty quickly. So again, not reading anything into this psychologically, go see your own therapist. So, so in terms of the catechism, we've sort of been, you know, bebopping along here, like, oh, God is awesome, and a creator, and we were created to do these wonderful things, and here's how we're supposed to do them, and now we really, we really come up against one of the most difficult things, probably, for most people in a post-enlightenment world to get their heads around, which is about the brokenness of humanity, Christian Orthodox teaching would say about human beings that we are broken, we are sinful, we are idolatrous. And that of our own volition, that is never going to change. Remember the caveat there, of our own volition, that is never going to change. And that we believe, now this is, this is again, Orthodox Christian teaching, we're going to talk about the fall 
next week. We're going to talk about the fall next week. What's, what's the fall and it's not when the leaves turn? What, anybody, biblical scholars? Adam and Eve, right? There's, there's, there's a fruit tree, there's a, there's a, there's a serpent, right? Okay, so we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about, about all that. I'll reference it a little bit today, but that's in, at least in the origin story of, of where our brokenness comes from, the first human, the first mud man, Adam, disobeyed God, and that screwed it up for the rest of us, basically. And so we'll talk about that a little bit more. And then the week after that, we're going to talk, well, why, why is the law important? Like, what is, what's that about? So here's the, here's the question for today. Can anyone keep the law of God perfectly? Perfectly. That's, that's the, that, I think that's the crux of it. And so the answer in the, in the catechism is, since the fall, and I also want to say, like, the Bible doesn't call, ever call it the fall. That's an extra biblical an extra biblical name for it, but whatever. No mere human has been able to keep the law of God perfectly, but consistently breaks it in thought, in word, and deed. So we're not just talking about what we do. The Pharisees were, were often great about that. Like, we're keeping the law, we're keeping the law, and Jesus said, well, what about this, and what about that, and what's going on in your head? You know, that sort of thing. So to sort of say to them, like, you can't have works righteousness. You can't, you can't by your works get in good with God. That's, that's sort of the crux of the matter then also for Protestants. So can anyone keep the law of God perfectly? No. Here's a, a quote from, the, from one of the writers in here. God created us. God created us to love, enjoy, glorify, and obey God. And in so doing, flourish as human beings. And he says, why then do we struggle so much to do that? I thought it was an interesting question. Like, what do we have against love, glorify, oh, obey? Right? Hmm. I mean, if you don't, if you can't quite get there for yourself, then forget about yourself for a moment. Turn on the news. Seems like sin is winning. Seems like brokenness is winning. I mean, every day around us, all the time, people are being manipulated, people are being used. People are being discriminated against, prejudiced against them. They're, they're, we can look at our systems and institutions and we can see how the brokenness of humanity, how our sinfulness can, gets expressed there even when we're seeking to do our very best not to have that. I mean, think about the United States of America. We have these high ideals. Everyone created equal. Right? Everyone should get a chance at life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. But we know that as we claw that back a little bit, at least we Christian theologians would say that 
that sin gets in underneath those ideals and it's like, well, yeah, that's all, that's all great and fine and we can sort of pretend all that's going on, but we're going to create systems that benefit those of us who have power because we want to keep that power because we see the power that we've been given as a power over, not a power with. Which is, I think, what God, when God said, I, I created this for you and I, and I, and I want you to have, we take that word, we've taken that word dominion over the earth and we've, we've really used it. We've, we've pillaged our resources. We're starting to reckon with that now, and, and Christians are beginning to lead the way in some ways on this issue, because for so many, I think, Christians in traditional theological ways, we thought, oh, well, we're saved, and we're just here working and trying to save more souls, and then God's going to come, and everything's going to be made new, so, I mean, I don't think this is a conscience, why do we need to care about the forests? Why do we need to care about these other resources? Because God's going to replenish all that one day. We're going to have a new heaven and a new earth, and we're going to be with God, and it's going to be amazing and great and glorious. Dominion, we power over, not power with, and, and that sin got in there and, and made, it, made it that way, and we are where we are. So anyway, so, so if you can't quite get there you know, well, I'm not really broken. I'm not really sinful. I think we can see, we can see the collective nature of it very easily, very clearly. And, and I'll tell you what, evil creeps into our systems and our institutions, bias and discrimination, all the isms, denigrating some, favoring others. Our basic sinfulness and our fundamental brokenness is found in the way that we can twist and manipulate almost anything. Let's just think about one of the most powerful developments that has happened, I don't know, in however, however long, last, let's just say last 20, 25, 30 years. The internet. What a powerful connectional tool it is, right? I mean, we use the internet for some amazing things. I mean, think about the uprisings for freedom around the country. People calling out because, because they are being oppressed and all that. And that came through the internet. We heard about these things because news media couldn't be there. It was being suppressed. Other things were happening, but, but the whole world heard about these things because people were able to connect with this thing that's global. What an amazing tool this is. And a lot of the time we use it to manipulate and twist and control or as we consume it, our own sinfulness twists it for us. We begin to compare ourselves to others even more and say, I am not that, I'm not that, I'm not good enough, I'm not more. I, you know, all of those things and it, and it can drive us, right? Because it connects with that, whatever that brokenness is in us. We seem to have an issue with love, enjoy, glorify, and obey. And I'll be, I'll be really honest. I think the reason why we don't like to talk about this in the Christian church is because we'd like to, we want, we want to, be, we want to fully believe the first part of what God says about it, which is that we were created good, that we are good. We, we want to lean into that. And yes, that is true. We were created good. But the Bible is also a, has the truth which says, but there's also this other thing. 
And when you stare at it too long, I know what it feels like. It just, you just despair. You're like, well, why, why do anything? Well, behind that question, I think, is, is still a thought that we, that we have a quid pro quo kind of God. I do this, you do that. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. But that's not who our God is. That's not, that is not Orthodox Christian teaching. Though that's popular teaching. Popular teaching for us. There's a female Lutheran bishop who writes about her conversion experience. Maybe she doesn't quite say it that way. From Pentecostalism to Lutheranism. And here was, here was the conversion experience. It's going to blow your mind. It began in a seminary classroom where the Lutheran professor was talking about the gift of grace. Because as a Pentecostal in her particular tradition, she always felt that she needed to be working to receive the Holy Spirit, to receive the gifts of God, to work that out. And if she wasn't doing that and she wasn't doing that, then she wasn't worthy of God's love. But this the gift of grace that finally worked its way into her heart changed her. I just think it's interesting that later she becomes a Lutheran bishop. That's pretty cool kind of stuff. Probably She probably didn't see that one coming, right? Those are sometimes the most wonderful gifts of God. And of course, here's the good news, right? I mean, we can stare at that and we can despair. We can feel like, well, then maybe I should just get mine, build my little kingdom you know, I can go to church and I can do good things and whatever, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to think about this, this brokenness. But here's the good news. Hebrews 4.15 reads this, For we do not have a great high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Jesus, the Son of God, we believe God in the Trinity, Gets it, is the way I would say it. Jesus kept the law perfectly, we believe that. And in doing so, and through, through the mystery and of his death and his resurrection and being raised from the dead, gave us his righteousness. We are redeemed by his righteousness by his faithfulness, by his ability to love, glorify, and obey God perfectly. And it's a, it is a mystery still, and it's hard to comprehend, but it is an amazing gift of free grace because you know what? We didn't do a darn thing to deserve it. While we were still in our sin, Jesus came to redeem us, Paul writes. Though we fell with Adam. We have been raised with Christ, so we have confidence. Here's the change. We have confidence that God, who raised Jesus, is at work in us. Not so that we can somehow keep the law perfectly. That's not going to happen. We can give, we can sort of give up on that, but we can live into the law and we can confess our sin because we are coming to this great high priest who gets it, who understands it who calls us into this new life, 
healing us and setting us back on the path when we stray. Can anyone keep the law of God? Probably no. But we have a great high priest who leads us forward, who gives us his righteousness, that we might work in this world today to right the wrongs of sin and brokenness, that we might stop holding power over in whatever we do, ways we do that, and so that we can begin to have power with people, to come alongside those who have been oppressed and put down for so long, to give them a hand and to help them come and show us also the way forward. Because each one of us is needed and necessary in the kingdom in order to make this thing work. So may you think about the brokenness and the sinfulness that is in us and that is in humanity. But may you be uplifted in confidence in the name of Christ our Lord, our Savior, and our Redeemer. Amen.